Welcome to the Questionable to Return podcast, where three lifelong friends discuss Wisconsin sports and more. Now, here's your hosts, Andy, Mike, and Pete. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Questionable to Return podcast. As always, I'm Andy with my my buddies, Mike. Hi, everybody. And Pete. Hey, howdy, hi. So, Mike, you have something to talk to uh, talk to us about. Well, I wanted to mention what happened on Jeopardy today. So, if you remember St. Patrick's Day, Pete had his uh, his joke about Patty O furniture. Oh, yeah, that was a good one. Jeopardy listened to the podcast. That yeah. was the category today. It was Irish names question mark, and all the answers were. Names like that, like Nick O'Lodian was one, Melodrama, I was waiting, I had patio furniture all chambered, I was waiting for that one, I was going to shout it out, I was going to shout it out, I was going to impress Luna how quick I got it out, (laughs) they didn't have it. I was, no so patio dis- furniture, I was huh? so disappointed. I That's think, like the best one. I think because they copied the podcast and they didn't want to use that one. Oh, yeah. They even had some... <laughs> some they would have had some lawyers after that. Yeah. We know a we'll lawyer. Get, we'll get our legal team on that. They even had some plant uh, philodendron. No one knew what it was. They were really reaching. I'm like, how can they... How could you forget patio furniture? That's the best one. Yeah. So I was, I was so excited, though. I thought of you right away that... This Thank podcast you. would have made me the best Jeopardy player, but it wasn't meant to be. So, so I went to go pick up my my kids the other day, and my mom had gone through some stuff in the basement and came across a few of my my old things. And based on the items that were in the box, it was circa 1998, and most of it got donated, obviously. But there's some like random clothes that were in there, and it was pretty sweet to see the apparel that I had from. From 98, it was a Bulls shooting shirt was in there. That was pretty sweet. Nice. But the interesting thing that was in there was there was a bunch of boxes of baseball, football, and basketball cards. My son is really excited about basketball cards, baseball cards, and things like that. So he really wanted to go through them. So he sat and went through them. But what I did do for you guys is actually put a collection together of some interesting cards to get hyped up about the Brewers opening day circa 1998. (sighs) Oh. 98 i'm trying to remember who who would have even been on that team so these cards was, so these cards are gonna be read around 98 97 ish um give or take so if you want to take a trip down memory lane and humor me for a minute we'll go through a few all right we'll do see. we have to like guess the number or something eh, if, if you want to from the number guess the player or if you want to number or position yeah try to guess who was on the brewers back in 98 it's easy I got a couple in mind, I think. Yeah. All right, ready? We'll yeah. do we'll do number first. Okay. okay. Brewers outfielder number ten. Outfield number ten. Is that Hammond? We need to have Jeopardy music playing in the background. Former Colorado Rockies signing, Jeffrey Hammond. Is that Jeffrey Hammond? Nope. No. Or was he two thousands? What what outfield position exactly does it say? <laughs> it does not. It's, it's cool to like see the, the really crappy uniforms. It's when they that. switched to the, the stupid M. Time's up. <laughs> Marquise Grissom? Close. No. <laughs> He's like 2000. Yeah, he was way later than that. Uh, Mark Newfield. Oh, Looking Mark for Mark Newfield. Newfield. Yeah, I remember him. 
Not lying. I do remember him. <laughs> Shouldn't, but. <laughs> another another outfielder, number 29. Ooh, 29. This one you probably should get. Should. I have a lot of faith. I mean, we were, we're all Wait, pretty was, big big fans then. Mike, I think you probably could come up with this one. What was Hamilton's number? But it's not Hamilton. But no. I think he was gone by then. I forget Greg Vaughn's number, too. We have, we have we have so much hype over these <laughs> players. I remember being like, oh, we're, we're going to do something. And now, looking back on that, I don't know why I was so optimistic. I think that was the year we had gotten rid of Greg Vaughn. Was it? I I want to say it was. Could have been, yeah. 29, Jeremy Burnett's. No. <laughs> Matt Stairs? <laughs> no. Gerald Williams. Looking for Gerald Williams. Uh, I don't know what that is. Why did you, you think we would remember that one? I, I remembered him. Uh-huh. Then the closer. Who's our, who's our, our big closer Whoa. back then? That's probably our only good position. Was it Dan Plesak? No. <laughs> no. Oh, that was was it Shaw? Not Shaw. The other guy. Uh, he played for the Indians, too. After us. Or before. Was well, this person was a, was a Yankee before he became a Brewer. Bob Wickman. Oh, for Bob Wick- Wickman. Wickman. Didn't he play for the Indians, enough. too, eventually? Yeah. That's... I don't know. Maybe. This, like I said, stats only go up to that. But we have a, another one, Cal Eldred. Starting pitcher. I think he was our ace that year. Uh, yeah. Best infielder. Fernando Vina. Jeff Cirillo. Jose Valentin. Got it. Oh, nice. <laughs> Jose Valentin. Best best strikeout hitter. <laughs> best power hitter that usually spent the first part of the season in the minors and then always came up. Russell Brannion? Or was oh, no, injured he was, he was to on the start the season. <laughs> Russell very, very brittle. Well, Jeff Jenkins broke his ankle at third base. It's too it's too late. Too late. It's too early, probably. Jeff Jenkins? Jeff Jenkins. He's in the 2000s. Yeah, he's 2000s. I don't know. Yeah, this, this is... I'm having trouble remembering oh, this. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I this, so. this is like, because it's in between when the Brewers were good and... Oh, yeah. Like, this is like, like the, the this 2000s. Is, this is one. when like you had the, the tail end of the really dreamy years of... I don't know. Like I think in between where you had like PJ Surhoff was part of that team and the transition. Kevin Seitzer was on it for a little bit, but it was the tail end of like the Robin Young, Paul Molitor group of guys. This was the. Is, this was the. Was it Dante Bichette? No, it's John Jaha. <laughs> We're looking for John Jaha. Oh man, he was still on the team in '98. Yeah. Yes. Fernando wow. Vina. We have a rookie card. Antoine Williamson was like the the big rookie that everybody thought was going to be good. Nope, he was pitcher? not good at all. I don't even remember him. The Aussie, number 14. Dave Nielsen. Got it. And the best pitcher. We signed them. We signed this person. I remember this one. We signed him from, I believe, Baltimore. Big starting pitcher. Was terrible. Uh, what What letter does his last name start with? Oh, that's M. Cheating. Mark McClendon? No, <laughs> he wasn't a brewer. Even with getting the letter, I'm. Uh, I don't know. Ninety-eight's a bad year. Who was yeah. coached? The that other year? Big Ben. Big Ben McDonald was his. Uh, oh, yeah, no, those are terrible. Was cards. he? Was, was those, he? Were, those were the best brewers at that time. Oh, what a rough year Vina that was. wasn't. Vina turned out to be good with yeah. the Cardinals. Well, yeah, everyone who left yeah. relatively early in their career turned out to be good with other teams. Like all the closers that left. Wickman. So, so what was also interesting was, I think it put a reference to, like the rookie card was uh, Aramis Ramirez with Pittsburgh. Bartolo Colon was skinny. 
Oh, wow. Bartolo. That's he's a about long... 10 pounds lighter. <laughs> he's been around. Craig Council on the Mar- on the Marlins. And I think this is probably my favorite card. I didn't even recognize it at first. Mickey, Dave... Mickey Mantle rookie card? No. <laughs> oh, no. This is in a 98 box. If you guys want to take a gander, I'll pass it around. It doesn't even look like him. Yeah, a little bit. This is before steroids, I would yeah. say. David Ortiz. Oh wow, that's like a that's like a Sammy Sosa. <laughs> David Ortiz in a, with the Twins. It's like David Ortiz that looked like Tory Hunter, versus can, looking closer to Mo Vaughn. He he looks so skinny. You can see it though when you when you look at his face. I oh, know. I mean, he looks. I mean, the facial expressions his, but the idea that he's not well, like three hundred pounds. Well, surprisingly though, his face looks about the same. Like his face doesn't look that much thinner, but his body does. And the best books card that I could find out of those packs, Sherman Douglas. <laughs> Sherman I just, Douglas. I just remember him doing a lot of local commercials. I love Sherman Douglas. Sherman Douglas and Amon Gilliam. <laughs> and I believe this was the last year of, this is a flashback to a couple episodes, the flashback, I think this was the last year of Deion Sanders. Don't don't drop the ball, make the call. Yeah, that was the one. I'm Amon Gilliam of the group Milwaukee Bucks. You loved Sherman Douglas. You know what I didn't love? Any sports during that time. <laughs> That's that. That was that's the, true. That well, was the, Packers. Well, that was the Packers. That was the oh year. yeah, that was a bad year. They lo- well, they lost to the 49ers right. in '98 season in yep. the playoffs. The Jerry Rice fumble, and then entered the dark ages. So all sports were bad. It started with drafting Ross Verba. <laughs> the great Ross. The dark Verba. ages, as in one year, with Ray Rhodes. Yeah, '98 was the Ray Rhodes, and then we went to the the mismanagement of Mike Sherman. But he yeah. still had winning records. Yeah, but they were yeah, never. Yeah, pissed away. We had so much talent. We had some awful losses. There was I like know. the Rams yeah. won six interceptions. Two thousand three was a good year, but it was some. It was pretty down times the Sherman era. So yeah, it was pretty interesting to see all the different. There was a few sport, other sports moments. Really, my son took a. I had a. It was like the starting lineup, but it was not starting lineup. But it was just like it had a basketball hoop with Shaq dunking on it, and it had like a spider shatter of the backboard, and it had like a newspaper clipping. Oh, nice! So he has that on display in his room now. Yes. Yeah, the rest of it got rid of. <laughs> but I had to pull these few out for you guys for a little bit of enjoyment to take a stroll down memory lane with with sports. Yeah, I have a couple boxes of stuff that uh, that survived, and uh, I still have st- some starting lineups in the in the original package. Sad to find out they're worth nothing. <laughs> Good thing. Spent, I, spent that whole time yeah. not opening it. <laughs> Good thing I didn't play with that for 25 years. <laughs> Is there some that are worth something? Nothing? None of them? I don't know if any of them really have too much of a market now. I had a whole bunch. I like Parrish, like Bird and Miguel and yeah, all I those had, guys. I had a ton of baseball ones, Griffey and a bunch of Brewers. And, you, you still know. have a Griffey one? Yeah, I think so. I think that one's out of the package, though. That one I had to play with. I have two boxes full of Yo MTV wraps and Cabbage Pail. Garbage Pail Kids? Yeah, Garbage Pail Kids, yeah. It's cross between like Cabbage Patch and Garbage Pail. Yeah, I just was thinking of the movie. <laughs> this perfect- you want to be disturbed, watch that movie. Yeah. <laughs> this perfectly, perfectly sums me up as a person is I have boxes of starting lineup still in the package and X-Men figures still in the package. Neither of them worth anything. Ladies, he's single. <laughs> Must Swipe right. Swipe, Swipe right. right. Must like cats. 
So moving on to the Bucks, we had a face face off between the two potential MVP, the leading candidates for uh, the NBA MVP, and Giannis and the Bucks came out victorious. That's a season sweep for the Bucks. Won both games against the Rockets, and I think the MVP should go to uh, Bledsoe for the defense he played on James Harden. Defense and like that run of sixteen straight points he had in the second and third quarters, I believe. Yes. Yeah, he was pretty dominant. He really showed why, why he deserved his mo- his money finally. So yeah, well, um, Har- Harden was one of nine from three in that game, and his plus minus was minus fourteen. So, uh those don't look like MVP numbers. Yeah, to me. Harden was almost as bad as Middleton. <laughs> so, what'd you guys think of uh, how they defended him? They were on basically almost behind him. To, to block, <laughs> forcing him right to <laughs> block that forcing step him back right. <laughs> yeah. yeah forcing him right yeah block the step back they were giving him layups so they pretty much said go inside f- and let's see what happens so he just shot a bunch of floaters I, I, mean, I mean it's pretty amazing. good strategy if you think about it the step back you really defend that and then you have a bunch of rim protectors so you're, he's not getting the hole without at least paying the price for it so let him hit those mid-range and if you do score a floater in there so be it yeah, I mean, it worked well. He only had 23 points for him. That's not very much. And also, the Bucks did a pretty good job of not fouling him. He, oh, he, he didn't have a free throw until when? Yeah. Third quarter? Yeah, he, and he got he ended up getting the line five times, but they, they committed very few fouls in general, especially on him. They weren't letting him get free points at the line. They weren't letting him shoot clean looks at three. If he's going to take some runners, go ahead. Yeah, it so was think, a pretty so amazing the, game. I think it's actually watch. I watched some of the clips and the highlights and read about it afterwards. But you you said you watched it, Pete, right? Yeah. Did you watch the TNT feed? Yeah, I, they didn't have Fox. I did both. So the, on the TNT feed, did you see or re- notice that they kept saying the Rockets score first on, uh, on more than one occasion, even though they were losing? No, I didn't really realize that. I was It was pretty quiet because I was in the bedroom. That was like a big controversy that... Yeah, that's still, interesting. Like the Nationals still an, try to have a narrative where they still push. It was an interesting crew though, because it they had like they didn't have they only had Shaq as from the original TNT, I guess, crew good, good. for the pregame. That, good. That is interesting though. If you know, maybe that shows a little bit that some of these national guys are just the the Rockets are much more on their mind, much more talked about maybe than the Bucks. What is like the, afterwards, and even the day after, like. Colin Coward and, and some of those groups where they talked about how much better the Rockets are by having Chris Paul back. And they made an emphasis to talk about how like DJ Wilson got basically shaken shaken out of his shoes out of the screen practically on that crossover from Chris Paul. And I'm like, did you guys know that we like the Bucks won? Uh Bucks won. DJ DJ running away. DJ right. Wilson had a plus minus of plus eleven, and Chris Paul had a plus minus of minus ten. So congratulations, Chris Paul, if you juked him once. I know that's why I made a, I, a killer crossover to him. I think I responded to like Stephen A. one time. I'm like, good thing uh, highlights don't count for points. Yeah. Uh, do do they? Stephen A. doesn't even know anything. Do they not know that the Bucks have almost? Ten more wins, nine more wins than the Rockets this year. It's like everyone forgets. Well, the it's, like the, it's it's the whole joke of everything where they talk about how Coward made a big 
big deal about how no junior team out of the East has ever made it to the finals and how making this huge push and making sure that the number one seed in the East is such a big deal to them that resting their players is more important. I'm like, you guys know that. Of all the MVP candidates, Giannis has the least amount of minutes played. Just like we're managing minutes better than any team in the NBA. And the Bucks just, I don't know, even though Giannis gets talked about a lot, the Bucks as a team don't seem to really get any respect. No one seems to care that they're going to have the best record in the league. They're going to finish like probably five games at least better than Golden State, and that's not really talked about. It's like, oh, Golden State's just cruising. They're just waiting for the playoffs. What what a lot of teams do, which is fine. I it's I don't care. I mean, Golden State has come out and said that most some nights they're bored, and I get it. They're a bunch of stupid superstars, and they're yeah. gonna take breaks and not want to play, and I that's fine. But the first time the Warriors finally came out, had their coming out party year, they didn't go. They didn't win in the playoffs the year before, I believe. But then all of a sudden they win a championship. I mean, why don't they look at that with this Bucks team and all these numbers that point to the Bucks actually winning the championship? It's just common sense that why wouldn't you actually support this team based off what they're doing even without Brogdon and Miritich, you know? So it's just kind of frustrating to me, yeah, that, that, that this keeps happening. And no Tony Snell. Oh, right, yeah, um, Tony Snell. As part of, as the only member of his fan club, I got to bring yeah. that up. Yeah, everyone, all the experts I see when they talk who's going to the finals, none of them pick the Bucks out of the East. It's a lot of Toronto and Philadelphia still. And that seems to be the case for most of the national guys. They just don't think the Bucks are going to have a, a deep playoff run or be able to beat either of those teams. Yeah, but there's, there's like a bunch of uh, stats out there, you know, that say that they're going to win. Like there's ESPN BPI that says forty four like forty four percent chance to win the ser- win the finals with the next one being eighteen percent and that's like Golden State. So, granted, you don't put a lot into those numbers. You you use them as tools, I guess, to to create points. I think because the- because of what happens in the regular season, like teams do take breaks, teams rest and and whatnot. But I think it means a lot for this team to get the first seed and. I'm I'm pretty excited to see what they can do in the playoffs and getting past the first round is a big thing. Like you need to prove that you can get past the once they get past the first round, everybody's going to take them seriously. But I think what else you're seeing like you mentioned like the the ESPN articles and things like that, like the actual analytics proven that they're a, a legitimate team and they're like statistically one of the best teams primed to to, to win the the series. So I think what you're actually seeing is a bunch of bias of large markets and that's what's kind of showing through it doesn't matter what you show them as far as analytics the only i mean i've listened to a lot of sports radio and, and podcasts and things like that i think bill simmons i think is the only one that gives them any legitimate backing out of all those groups well i think most people look at it as the playoffs don't start till the second round because especially for the east because once once you eliminate some of those teams like the pistons and the magic i mean then they're looking at it as the bucks can't beat like let's say the Celtics and the Raptors back to back, that would just be yeah. too tough for them to win both those. Even though their point differential is nine and a half, and they've only lost six home games all year, and they're gonna have home court in every series. So they've dominated the East. 
Yeah. So really, when you look at it. I'm personally just excited that Adam Silver is commissioner and not David Stern. I'm just going to leave it at that. <laughs> but, I mean, if you look at it last year, Cleveland basically swapped half their team halfway through mm-hmm. the year. They were the worst defensive team the second half of the season, yet LeBron turns it on and win, oh, almost wins a champ. Not almost wins a champion, but get to the finals. Yeah. So that's why nobody can take the Bucks seriously because of those teams that take breaks, I guess. So they're just waiting for Boston, who doesn't care about their seating. They're just waiting for Boston because they're, you know, that's that's what I feel. Like, until somebody beats Boston, nobody's going to be taken seriously. Well, as it stands right now, they would have to play the Pacers, and the Pacers would have home court. So we'll see how much you can coast through the regular season. And, and the Pacers then, are a good and, team. Yeah, and then they're try good to, defensively. So try to flip that switch. So Giannis versus Harden now. Harden uh, decided to buy an ad for the Journal Sentinel. Well, I think Adidas. Oh yeah, was I guess. behind this. Okay, but it, it says. A message regarding James Harden, which he understands you may not read. So I don't know. It's kind of interesting it, that he's kind of pulling this kind of kind of stuff. Or Adidas, I, I, guess. I found it funny. Now, obviously, I'm really pulling hard for uh, Giannis to get MVP. But something like this, I think, is kind of amusing. Definitely. So one key stat that I, I've heard about, a good indicator between the two, uh, I think Bill Simmons talked about it in his podcast, and I met, heard it mentioned in a couple other other places as well. Is they kind of report the measure as the 36 minute mark? Um, Harden actually plays more than that. As an average, I think he's like 38, 39 minutes, and Giannis is significantly lower. He's at about 32. So if you average him out to the 36 minutes, um, James Harden's stats: he's about a 35 points per game, six rebounds, seven assists. Where Giannis, if you actually extend it out to 36 minutes. He's getting 30 points, 14 boards, 7 assists. But I guess what it, I think what it boils down to then, because they're pretty much an equal player at that point, I think you're going to go Giannis more so because he's a both end of the court player. He's yeah. also the best player on the best team in the NBA. Giannis has uh, gotten a little buzz lately about Defensive Player of the Year, saying that he's moved back kind of higher up on that list, that you really got to consider him. So when he's e- even in the conversation and – Harden will never be in that conversation. No. It seems like it's kind of a no-brainer, but the odds have kind of swung, tightened it up. Giannis was a big favorite like a week ago, and I guess did Harden's 60-whatever point game or whatever. tighten that up because now Giannis is still a favorite, like a 2-1 to one favorite, but at one point he was, uh, he was minus 700. Well, from an offensive standpoint, it's hard to – I mean, Harden is going to pass Kobe for second overall in points scored in a season. Um, he's actually going to create his own club, the 700-350 club, where he had 700 made free throws and 350 made three-pointers. He's going to shoot over 1,000 three-pointers this season. I think it's – he. I mean, there's no denying he's a amazing talent when it comes to scoring. One side it, of the ball. And it's also – combined with the fact that this is the mo- he's a great player for the modern NBA the if you watch the Rockets they shoot a ton of threes real quick and then when they don't they just spread the floor and everyone just stands there and watches him mm-hmm. I mean maybe some people say the Bucks do that too with Giannis but 
it's like Harden has the green light to just shoot like every possession. Yeah, so another stat, though, that they go by is the per 100 possessions, and I think that's actually 30 points to 30 points. So they're very much equal uh, skill-wise, but I think it comes down to Harden's historic year, as in with points, the 60-point games, the 30-point streak, all that um, off of Giannis's consistent year, so to say, and dominant year and surging this team into first place, which nobody thought, nobody thought this was going to happen. Um, so I think those are your two points. So are you going to go with this historic guy or the guy who's just been consistent and who, what, what makes an MVP, I guess, what makes the, the guy the most important to their team? Harden, of course, if he's missing, that team is, is nothing probably. Giannis, can the Bucks survive without Giannis? I'm not sure. We've seen them play without Giannis, and they haven't played well. They're about, I think they're about a little over 500, maybe by a game or two. So I guess, I think, I believe, also I believe Houston's where they're supposed to be. Fourth, I, I'm pretty sure they were projected as fourth at the beginning of the year. So they're they're right where they should be. So I guess in my eyes, of course, bias, you know, we're a Bucks fans here, but looking at it just from the outside, I I feel like it should be Giannis because of the Bucks weren't supposed to be this good. So yeah. and he's making everybody around look at what Lopez has done because of the three pointer. He's just passing it to everybody, upping his assists this year. It's just pretty amazing what he does in the paint too and how that historic um dunking, all that kind of stuff. He's second in dunks this year. Like it's just amazing what he does on the court and how he gets better every year. So I, I just think it's amazing. Like if you want to talk about a most valuable player in NBA wise, there's not many players that you can put in a position and say, play every position on the floor. Like he can literally play all five spots. You can play him at point and he's played it. You can play him at shooting guard and you put him out, you can play a stretch three you can play power four and you can play a five if you have if you need him to yeah, Harden can't point. do that he's probably the first player since magic johnson you can really do that with although i guess you lebron can probably pull it off i don't True. know if they really used him at center too much maybe this last playoffs occasionally but yeah Giannis, yeah he can do it all my thought also with like the rockets pieces he's the best player on the rockets but there's there's a bunch of stats that were showing about how chris paul is actually the most important player on that team from an MVP standpoint, not that he's the MVP of the league, but he's actually the most important player to the Rockets. Like they're a full twenty percent swing when he's in the lineup, or he's not. And you're saying this is about where peop- some people are projecting the Rockets. Well, don't forget though, the Rockets were the one seed last year in the West, and they were maybe a Chris Paul hamstring injury away from going to the finals. Yeah. Yep. And uh, the Bucks were a. I know we, the coaching change. We're a seven seed last year. Now they're a one seed. So. Give me the best player on the best team who plays both ways. Well, guys, I feel like it's Christmas Eve today because tomorrow is, is it, opening day. Do you have flashbacks for your rear of kid in school? Yeah, whereas, oh, yes, Typic- get to skip school tomorrow. Typically, you'd be getting ready, homework like stashed away in the in the old bag. Now you get to go to opening day. Oh, you I, should you should probably say by the time you've listened to this, opening day is over and we've won. 
We've beaten the Cardinals. Crushed them. 10-3. to three. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But, yeah, opening day. Holy cow. Like, it's finally here. Yeah. It happened long, but yet fast. Yeah, what I love about it is I feel like now it, it really is spring. It really feels like winter is done. There's hardly any snow. Winter's there's li- coming in April. There's t- there's tiny <laughs> little piles of black snow. <laughs> I, I do like That's how the it. weather, like they, they're it's supposed to be around 60 uh, for tomorrow with the chance of rain, so I'm sure the roof will be closed plus the weather. But I think it's hilarious that it's supposed to be like a um, wintry mix by the weekend. Yeah, figures. Yeah. But, WrestleMania is at MetLife in New York, so it's outside. That's going to be fun. Back to the Brewers. Oh, okay. Really so, glad for that dome. So the Brewers roster does not have to be finalized until 11 o'clock tomorrow morning, so two hours before first pitch. So we, do, we still don't know exactly how the pitching is going to shake out, but it seems uh, like Knable, Jeffress, Jimmy Nelson, all will be on the DL. I guess there's s- some hope for Jeffress, mm. but uh, I I, I don't think, think so. I think he'll be on the DL. I think he was pitching Wednesday, some batting practice. Haven't seen anything as of what Wednesday night when we're recording this. So uh, I, I doubt he, he – I think he's like two or three weeks out. Um, I think Canable's going to get shelved. If if he's going to if he's gonna like go through whatever rehab for it, he's going to be out a long time anyway. So yeah. I can't see him coming back until after the All-Star break, if anything, if yeah. that – maybe August or something like that if he doesn't do the the Tommy John. But yeah, Nelson, I would I I think I hear late April from yeah, what I what I saw. Yeah, shouldn't miss too much time, but uh but yeah, there's still still a lot of questions still about about that how they're going to use Hater. Um Claudio yeah. really had a really good spring I heard. So we'll see and he really didn't announce a closer too. So no. we'll see how they kind of go about that uh that rotation in the bullpen because hater is kind of that like that mid-game save guy if you think of it so who are you gonna close games with albers like i guess that's your guy I'll right now bounce back here for albers i jacob, would hope so jacob jacob barnes. barnes so jacob barnes taylor williams kind of situation yeah, taylor williams i think will certainly be on the roster now with these pitching injuries yep. uh bullpen's gonna have a new look too Guerra. Anderson out there now uh it's definitely gonna be interesting to see you know we're sitting here just hours away and we don't even know exactly what the Brewers roster is gonna look like yeah because they dealt with it last year when Canaba went down but you still had Hader and Jeffress so yeah they they never really had two guys two of their big arms out at at the same time when they had all three they were amazing of course um down the stretch there Canaba was pitching as good as he ever has, which is pretty sad that he had the injury. So, yeah, we'll see what they they do because I don't know. I'm pretty I'm pretty nervous because they have the Cardinals, then they have Cincinnati, then they have the Cubs. Yeah. So it's not like it's an easy start. You're you're against your division right away, and it could be a big hole or you could have a big lead. So who knows? It's it's going to come down to can can your young guys in that starting pitching really show up and and get some good innings and not burn out that bullpen quick. Yeah, right. Yes, yeah, so how many innings do you, do you expect to see Shasin get to? I mean, 
even someone like him who's our quote-unquote ace I mean he's not a lock to go deep into games I, I think normally we'd be fine with getting five innings out of him I think that's kind of how we felt about all of our starters but with the bullpen kind of a question mark I think you would hope he could go six maybe yeah, you'd into, hope into the seventh but I think it's I think council though is gonna still handle the team like last year I don't think he's going to drastically change his plans because of the injuries I think he's still gonna have faith in the bullpen I think you could still see most of our starters pitch about five innings I think it'd be a miracle if he gets to five tomorrow but I just hope Paul Goldschmidt doesn't like destroy us Uh, oh he loves Miller Park and uh he's he was the we I don't know if we mentioned it he was the latest guy to get a big contract extension where he's signed now through like age 37 for big money so some of those big contracts are back just not all of them yeah Dallas Dallas is still waiting for his no Dallas Keuchel no uh Craig Krimble for opening day I mean Keuchel's even got Boris on his side yeah still can't get a contract probably why he doesn't have a contract yeah Yeah, he's waiting it out they're waiting for an injury probably oh yeah Definitely. Same thing with Kimbrough. And for uh, on the other side, for the uh, Cardinals, Miles Mikolas, who was pretty fantastic last year, he won 18 games at an ERA under three, he gets the ball. There is a part of me that just fears some of these Cardinals pitchers. I just feel like some of these guys, they kind of come out of nowhere. Same thing with this guy. He's kind of a late bloomer. He'll... He'll be one of those pitchers that uh, that I think that gives the Brewers some trouble. It's never an easy, easy task to open with the series against, the, especially St. Louis out of any of the, the Central League teams. Why could not we start with like Cincinnati? I don't know. Cincinnati is much better than I know they, they are much better, but still, I'd rather face Cincinnati in Game One versus the Cardinals. Sure. Yeah, especially, it's, I don't know. It's gonna gonna be easy down the road anyway. But especially the Pirates, the best power hitter <laughs> in baseball, uh, Scooter Jeanette's hurt, so we won't have to worry about him. True. <laughs> uh, just looking at five thirty eight projections, I like the projections for some reason. Brewers are at eighty six wins, forty six percent to make the playoffs, twenty nine percent to win the division. Cardinals are right behind them at eighty five wins, forty four percent, and twenty eight. And then the Cubs are at 84 wins, 38% to make the playoffs, 23% to win the division. And so we're just going to beat up on the rest of the NL? <laughs> well, that's the thing is 86, 85, and 84 for your top three teams, it's just going to be a bloodbath for the Central. We kind of gave predictions. I said 87. Andy, you said 85. 85 and Mike, you said 90 mm-hmm. wins. Um, you guys are going to change your numbers, I guess, a little bit. Just, just one little thing. I think – uh, I think it's Bovada. They had it at 83, and now it's 87. So they're changed by like four-ish games, I believe, like eight, 87 and a half or whatever. But um, a lot of them changed from two to four, upped it from two to four, from spring training to now, which is kind of surprising. I would I would have thought it would have gone the other way. Me too. Yeah, I think everybody was betting that low number. Um, yeah. What about... Did the fact that Christian Yelich said he's going to hit 50 home runs, did that swing? <laughs> you guys going to change your number at all based off of what happened in spring training? Uh, I, I think I might change mine just from the shift back to what happened in the last week of spring training. I'm I'm concerned about the bullpen, though. I, mean, uh, I would have loved to have seen like 
um, uh, overpaying of like Kimbrel to bring him in for a year or even just go out and get Keichel. But we didn't, at least as of now. So as with all the information I have now, I, I'd still think we're hovering around that 81 to 85 mark. But I'm, I'm definitely down on the 85. 85 thinks the high mark. 500, huh? 81. Oof. Yeah, I would have liked to get Keichel even just for the fact that putting him in the rotation means you could slide one of those guys to the bullpen. Uh, my my uh, feelings of 90 wins seems way too high now. If there's no Knable, no Nelson to start, no Jeffress. Uh, Fangraphs has Cubs at 88, Cardinals at 86, Brewers down to 83. Interesting. But I'm going to go higher than that. I'm not going to go too much lower. I'm going to say the Brewers still put it together and win 88 games. I'm optimistic. Okay. I'm going to go from 87 to 90. Oh, you're going the other way. I'm going to go up. I feel like Council is going to deploy the bullpen. They're going to find some arms. I think Peralta and Burns are going to have decent ears. And But the big factor for me that, that ups it is the hitting. I think their lineup's just going to be unstoppable. They're going to be so much more consistent than last year with Moustakis there all year and Grandal. Like the two positions that oh. they really needed, they put power hitters there. So it's going to be pretty The, the lineup stacked. is going to mash. So, I mean, yeah. Barring injury, of course. You, we all can't right. stop that. But, but yeah, who's going to really stop them? Oh, Pete, you're getting me excited. I want to go back to 90. <laughs> why did I ever lower it? Yeah. Like, I don't know. I mean, why not? Why not? And don't forget, Hader is like the best relief pitcher in baseball. He's amazing, yeah. He, I know can pitch, it, he can pitch you nine outs. He is, but what worries you still is that yeah, the, the hitting will get you, so that'll help maybe put a band-aid on some of the pitching. But if you don't have a, any starter that really gets you past five, six innings, and now you're 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 pushing Hater into a closer type role, or you just leave him at the at setup and just hopefully pray to you find. But there's nobody else in that bullpen that throws hard. But really. what what happened Jacob last year? Barnes, I guess. What happened last year? Our pitching wasn't great. Our pitching was not great all year for starters-wise. It was solid. They didn't get past – I don't even think they went past seven at all. I don't I don't know if any made really made it to seven much, to be totally honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Shasin might have made it a couple times. Maybe Miley, but Miley was injured most of the year. Um, who else was injured most of the year? I can't remember. But Jimmy Nelson? Yeah, Jimmy was – he was <laughs> injured for a little yeah, bit. Yeah, all season. But – I just feel like they've this bullpenning situation. Yes, they have the two arms that are down, but I don't know. Maybe Burns and Peralta really solidify don't what for, they were missing. Don't forget Woodruff. Yeah, Woodruff he too. Was, I, I love the fact that the three young arms are all in the rotation. That's what I want to see. I think you have to feel like they're, the ceiling for that is so much higher than last year when you had Davies and Suter and Chase Anderson pitching. The the potential for this yeah Suter got hurt too yeah for this yeah that's probably who who you're thinking of yeah uh, I think so can't forget him he hit a home run off of uh, Corey Kluber he's game our I, favorite brewer game I won too I love him but yeah I think the that could be that could offset some of the bullpen issues is the fact that the rotation could be that much better I do like Council that as as just going for it and the fact that he's just putting faith in like these the young staff and just letting them carry the team so. I am optimistic that they hopefully find 
one of those two, three arms to come through. I just worry that the strength is your your bullpen relief pitching, and there's not a lot of pitchers left there. Very true, yeah. I mean, there's always one guy that's going to be better. There's always one guy that's going to be worse. So you hope that haters about the same. We'll wait for this first series and yeah. see how much we panic by the end of it. <laughs> we'll be in or, the dunk club, I bet. Or, <laughs> or go full tilt. No, I'm I'm excited. I, this team's still going to be really good uh, no matter what. I, f- I feel like they're going to be right there at the end, I hope. So. I'm notoriously conservative, so my heart can't get broken. So when I when I stay like 81 and they come in right around or 82 and they come in right around there, I'm like, if I go under, then I'm like, oh, I already felt that a little bit. But oh. then if it goes over that, then I'm like super excited. Cause I, don't, I don't blame you for trying to guard yourself a little bit. You follow sports long enough, you get your heart broken. Especially, but, especially this, this town. Now with the podcast, oh. I got to set my expectations really high, so it's just more entertaining when I get mad <laughs> or happy. So, Well, so this, uh, Freddie Peralta, 7 out of 16 starts last year. He went 6-plus innings. So There you go. These young guys, let them. Let, they'll Woodruff, that's Burns, a, Peralta. They'll pitch us six, seven innings. They I, might. That's what I'm saying. Like, I'm, I like that. Like Council's giving them an opportunity to run with the job. Like I like that he didn't play conservative or whatever else. He basically like gave it to the young arms and just said, "Here, carry us." Brewers have never done anything like this too. I can't remember a year that no. we've gone with three young arms. Because normally we right don't away. have young arms. No, <laughs> at no. all. Um. Well, Jeff D'Amico. But yeah, they'd have like one young arm. He was an ace for a year. He is, yeah, he had one really good year. Really good year, and then he was done forever. Yeah. And Ben Sheets was like a oh yeah really good young young pitcher. Ben Sheets yeah, he was, was like, right after D'Amico. Ben Sheets <laughs> was a legit ace. Anybody remember Ricky years. Bonus? Oh, I oh, that oh, was yeah. my guy. No, Ricky was good. Yeah, Jerry Girl. He was good. Sheets, Sweet. Sheets was like a legit ace for some years. Though he just always had injury problems, but. You think he's like second most for years for a starter pitcher on the Brewers? Yeah, he uh, he almost beat Randy Johnson one year for the ERA title. Teddy, Teddy Higuero. Oh, yeah, Teddy Higuero was a good pitcher. I'm not I, looking at a list right now. Yeah, I have his, I, <laughs> I have his starting lineup, Teddy Higuero. That's one yeah. I remember having, yeah. Teddy was good. Anyway, go Brewers. Keep turning up the heat. There you I, go. I'm excited. There you go. Can't wait. Well, I just hope that Braun doesn't forget his passport passport anymore. That was well, we hilarious. Don't, we don't play in Canada a meaningful game for a while, right? Do we play even there this year? Do they year? even have a team yeah, in Canada? Might, the, I don't I think don't we played a blue but how does yeah. this how does this yeah. team not have handlers to take care of this for them? Like, why is this? You come leave on. It, you leave it to athletes. Why would you come up with that excuse? Because you know he's just, he just let him just stay back. Like, Braun, just stay back. Just Well, you forgot your passport. Let's just say that. The guy wasn't going to – come on. This is ridiculous. <laughs> it's so stupid. Like, why don't you just say Braun's not available? When I was – <laughs> Why not? Why not just embarrass him? That's funny. When I, I was a kid, you didn't even need a passport to go to Canada. Times are changing, guys. <laughs> Times they are changing. We uh. just got in the station wagon and drove to Canada. Well, kind of keeping on that Canadian bacon type of mode, I guess. Wow. Good movie, Canadian Bacon. Is it from the 80s? I'm really yeah, no, it's from the 90s. Oh. John, one of John Candy's last movies, actually. 
So Packers was that before or after Great Outdoors? That was after. Long after? Yeah, he he was. I think it was second to last movie. I love Great Outdoors he, before he passed away. So good, so sad. On uh, my wife's birthday. Um. So the Packers are in talks with. I lost the notorious Big. Was lost on my birthday, but continue. <laughs> the Packers are in talks with the Oakland Raiders to play in Canada this year for the the Raiders home game in the preseason. So the Packers might play over lakes. I don't know what you call it. Not overseas. Over lakes, yeah. <laughs> over <laughs> over the border dairy. Over imaginary line. Yeah. We road trip into this game? Probably should, right? I don't even well, know where it is yet. Well, yeah, where is it going to be? Do you guys have valid passports? I left one mine in my that one of those safety boxes, and it got moisture in it somehow, so it's it's a little wobbly and moldy, but I think it still is good. Oh, <laughs> a little wobbly. <laughs> that was a good descriptive word. Is, did it, did I cause that? Did I cause some sort of flooding to your passport? Must have. <laughs> I went to Mexico, so I don't know what happened to it. Anyway, Jordy Nelson retires. <laughs> yeah. For real this time. Packers yeah, actually not... posted it. Well, James Jones, too. <laughs> Whenever James Jones says something, you've well, got to trust it. It's, it's, Take it to the bank. It's nice you bring up James Earning Jones because what I love about this move is James Jones had also gone to the Raiders, and then he was ready to retire, but we brought him back. We had an injury to Jordy Nelson. Out for the season, torn ACL. So, so we're gonna lose Devonte Adams. If oh, something no. were to happen, to dunking, I think that Jordy'd be the first person we'd call. Oh yeah. So I like the fact that he's retired because it kind of gives us uh, an emergency wide receiver just did, in case. Did he, did he do the token one day contract where he signs with the Packers and retires as a Packer? I didn't see that. Yet. He hasn't yet, but you figure if John Kuhn did, it's got to Jordy's got to. I mean, he's. He's so popular. He's but if if Rodgers gets wind that he's going to sign a contract, Rodgers is going to be in Green Bay, and he's going to make him stay one more year. He could he could, try he, to talk he could talk him, him into it. it. Yeah, I mean, come on. But no, Jordy. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's a good time for him to hang it up. Actually, because ten ten year career, yeah, he had a nice career. His knees weren't holding up very well. Yeah, he'll surely get into the Packers Hall of Fame. I mean, he's one of the most popular players of, of this generation. I think uh, a lot of people uh be looking forward to seeing him get in there. So who wants to hear some Jordy numbers? Who's ready for him? Career numbers? Career numbers. 613 receptions, 8,587 yards, and 72 total touchdowns. That's Man, he's right behind Rice. That's a pretty good career, though. No, it is, yeah. 72 touchdowns? Yeah, he kind of quietly a couple of years had like huge touchdown totals. What's interesting, I I heard that since 2008, he's the only receiver, the only one in the NFL to have 13-plus touchdowns in three seasons. Yeah, pretty impressive. Did it in 2011 with 15, 2016 after his, after his ACL injury. But as far as Packers are concerned, he's like fifth overall in overall yards. Third overall in receptions, second overall in touchdowns behind Don Hudson. Don Hudson had 99 touchdowns to Jordy Nelson, 69. That's pretty crazy just considering the era. Don Hudson, I know people have said he was so ahead of his time and that people don't realize how great he really was in an era where they mostly ran the ball. Well, yeah, he, has, he had 
like he's just above uh, Jordy in overall yards too, which is pretty crazy. But from a single season record, he is first overall in total yards. So he had fifteen hundred nineteen, and then he's uh, third overall in fifteen touchdowns in one season, and fifth overall in receptions with ninety eight. So he's gonna go down as one of the best wide receivers in Packer history. Yeah, Don Hudson only played ten years. He'll go down as one of the best, and the Packers have had quite a few throughout their history. Some pretty pretty accomplished uh, wide receivers helps too when you have a back. Well, th- I guess three, but back to back now Hall of Fame quarterbacks, and then throwing Bart Starr. You have pretty good quarterbacks throwing the ball too, so you're gonna have some pretty good numbers out there. So each of you guys have a good Jordy Nelson moment. We had a lot of these now, back to back weeks. Well, I mean, it's hard to not say the first touchdown of the Super Bowl. Not only was that a great throw by Aaron, but uh, the way Jordy used his body to kind of block the defender, he kind of just created space, almost like boxing out a guy uh, right. at the free throw line. He kind of boxed out the cornerback until the last second and then went oh, up and grabbed it? that. Like, I can picture it's like 22. Was it Ike Taylor? I feel. I'm just thinking of Either the uh, green and yellow song by Lil Wayne. Touchdown on Ike Taylor. I don't know. <laughs> sure. What do you got, Pete? Um, do you want me to go? Will you think of one? No, I won't ever think of one. <laughs> to be totally honest, <laughs> it's just the one big mush, mush melon up here. <laughs> so, <laughs> but no, I do. Cue up the clips. <laughs> Cue up the pills. Cue the highlights. Pills? I sent you a bunch of highlights. Um, yeah, I did. I got. A Take my pill. Um, <laughs> Just adding. I to take the that one in the morning, though. Oh, okay. we need to get a Pete soundboard. My uh, my <laughs> wrist was already buzzing to take my nighttime <laughs> pill, but it's at home. <laughs> so anyway, what I was Favorite saying <laughs> was against Atlanta, he had that one touchdown, which was like tippy toed in the end zone. Oh, was that on was like fourth down? I believe so. I think yeah. I think there is a. Solid picture of him, I believe, too, right after that touchdown. And he's, like, just yes, like jacked up, and he looks amazing. I made a poster of it. Nice. Where I used to work. I think anyway. my, my favorite Jordy Nelson moment was in 2014 against the Patriots. There's less than 30 seconds left uh, in the half, and then Rodgers hit him. Um, we were coming off the 50. Rodgers hit him uh, maybe 15 yards down across the – on a cross route, and he was just over the top of the linebacker, beat the safety in a foot race, and then beat the, I think it would be the free safety, um, going to the end zone. But it was basically he showed all aspects of his game, the the quick hands, able to catch it, catch in traffic, accelerate through, elude the tackle, and then had pure uh, body control where he gets the footwork again and basically also has the arm strength to just barely get through and break the pylon, break the plane with the pylon, all in one play. So I think that's probably the one that goes down. So it was a, as a 50-yard reception right before half. Yeah, that uh, beating the Patriots that year, that 2014 team was so good too. It was really Jordy on top of his game. Yeah, because the next year was the infamous Steelers preseason game where they lost them for 2015. We were at Green Bay during we were. that. We were, we were watching – Getting Johnsonville sausages. That's right. Yeah, we were at the stadium. Yeah, yeah, it was a good time. Ruined our whole trip. Ruined the trip. Ruined the season. 
But no, I, I'll remember the hundreds of catches he had behind his shoulder. I mean, nobody yeah. can ever do that. Oh, yeah, the great back shoulder throws. Yeah. No way to cover those. Kumaro's learning it, so we'll, we'll be fine. <laughs> well, looking forward to this season, Packers at Bears. That's how it should be. Sorry, Patriots. We don't care that you won the Super Bowl. Again. Pa- Patriots got bumped to Sunday night. A hundred years anniversary, right? For yeah. the NFL. Mm-hmm. So, so it makes go. a lot of sense. Go with your two oldest. Yeah. Packers celebrated last year because they were technically a team before the NFL. So yeah, I know that's always it was always fun to have like the patch the season before the NFL did. Like the Packers celebrated their seventy fifth and they had the cool patch before the seventy fifth anniversary of the NFL. And now we get to do it again this year for the hundredth. So the series is tied. Yeah, it's right. a lot more interesting now than it had been for a while because we were we kicked the kicked the Bears' ass for so many years. Well, it took all it took was Favre and Aaron Rodgers to even <laughs> things out because we were so far behind them after the eighties. Oh yeah, it, we were it, it really took, behind. It took two Hall of Fame quarterbacks to catch us back <laughs> two, up, but two decades. Uh, I think the Packers Bears is going to be that's going to be such an exciting game, and I would expect both games this year against them to be real tight and real tough. Yeah. No, Amos versus, versus Dix. Yeah. Mac again. Mac yep. versus Bakhtiari. The new look defense of the Packers. Yeah. I uh, can't wait to see all those guys. And then the new tight end we're getting at 12. Oh, I mean, obviously. Hawkinson. Obviously, Hawkinson. <laughs> we'll talk about that in the future. Yeah. No, Got a lot to go over like now. Analysts are just saying, like, pray, please pray the Patriots <laughs> don't get him. Oh, yeah, right. Or we wait until 30 and take Noah Fant. There we go. But every mock draft has us taking an Iowa tight end. But, yeah, this should be an awesome game. That's a, this is a great way to start the NFL season. Patriots can wait until Sunday night, whatever. Who cares? They don't care. So it'll be fun. I hate Thursday night games, but we'll, yeah, we'll deal with it. Yeah, for the opening of the season, it'll be good. Because it concerned at all that it's in Chicago? Yeah, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that makes it tougher, but uh, it's all right. Fans travel. Yeah, it'll be good. I have faith. Lafleur is just chomping at the bit to get the season going. He said he already watched uh, the last two years of Aaron Rodgers' throws, and now he's going back and watching older stuff. He just can't wait to get to actual football stuff. He's just—it's like he's just itching to do to yeah, do anything. Between the draft and right after the mini camps, it's going to be crazy to hear some of the stories coming out of Green Bay. Well, there's already been a couple. You need an adopt a Packer, Andy, and you said you were leaning towards, or you at least considered Zadarius Smith. I am. The more I hear about him, the more I love him. He was on uh, Ian Rappaport's podcast, and he told an, uh, a nice story about, we all heard he was, uh, he stayed at his mom's house, and he's originally from Alabama, uh, during free agency because he wanted to share all news with her. Mm-hmm. And uh, he had talked to the Packers, and they were close to reaching a deal. And uh, he told his agent he was interested, he wanted to accept, and then he just sat by the phone waiting, and it took seven and a half hours to get oh, back, no. and he thought the deal was off. He was crushed. He thought uh, it wasn't going to happen. Finally, he heard back from his agent at like 1230 at night and told him, it's it's official then, you're, you're going to be a Packer, you're going to make $66 million on the contract, Oof. and uh, he said he broke into tears. Uh, his mom was going to bed. She had to work the next day. And, uh, he said, I'll tell you everything tomorrow. 
So then he went and showed up at her work and told her uh, the news and said, it's time for you to retire. I thought that was a a pretty cool way. Uh, yeah, that's pretty awesome. To spend free agency. And he's close to his mom. She was a uh, correctional officer at a prison and she used to take him down there and uh, have him see people he knew that were in prison to try to just uh, show him stay out of trouble. Scare him straight. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you'd, the last thing you want is to end up in here. And he said it uh, it affected him. And I, then I just like the fact that like he's posted a bunch of pictures on social media about when he when he went there to sign and like the handshaking. And I think you shared something, or maybe it was Pete that shared it, but the one where he took his kid to the Packer Pro Shop and stuff like that, and they're all decked out in Packer gear. Yeah, that's great. He was getting his kid. Uh, Even Preston uh, Smith's family did the same thing. It was pretty cool. Yeah, all the Packer stuff he wanted, and the kid was picking out like Cheesehead, and he's got all Packer stuff on. So I've become a huge fan of Zadarius Smith, and watching his, uh, I watched his highlights from last year. I was pretty surprised at how often he rushed from the interior. Because I know he's like 275, but uh, the Packers plan to use him outside. But he was lining up kind of all over the place. and He's blown up plays from the inside, from the edge. He's very versatile. Yeah. That's why they thought it was a good fit because one, um, a little bit less price tag. But, but the idea also that he was so versatile to move around, especially a new toy for Penn to play with. And, um, and he's just a, a aggressive and work ethic and things like that kind of showed through. So pretty excited to have him in green but i think that's who i'm leaning towards yeah barring any crazy thing that happens yeah on the draft. he's already become of at least of the free agents so far he's the one i've latched on to uh, i'm pretty excited to follow him and uh he just picked his number for the packers he picked 55 in honor of uh, his former teammate terrell suggs i have a 55 jersey with bishop on the back well get your get a new tag on it get your tape out perfect <laughs> make that into smith perfect i can make that happen. well it has to be like z smith Oh, that's right. Got two Smiths. Yeah. Oh. Will it fit me? No. I'll get a little thread cutter. Take the patch off. <laughs> There's no patch on it. It's the, it's the heated, whatever. Why patch when you can use masking tape? <laughs> yeah. I changed Favre in the Havner. <laughs> yeah. That was one year. Forty-one. Yeah, I remember that. I still have that. Still has the tape on it. That you still wrong. Havner that? Oh, I should bring it and hang it. <laughs> In, the, in the podcast studio. Uh, still looking for a sponsor. The old podcast studios. One day. All right, boys, it's getting late. Got to get some beauty rest before opening day. So get out there, support the brewers. Either one of you going? No. Watch from home? Yeah. I mean, from work? Yeah. Well, one advantage to work at going into work later is uh, I was going to try to run some errands in the morning, get them all done so that I can at least catch maybe the first half before I have to leave for work. Be good. Just watch the replay. Fox Sports. Replay? You're not going to be tempted to go on your phone or turn on the radio or anything and see what's happening? No, I don't do that at work. Oh. See you later, everybody. <laughs> Goodbye, go everybody. See ya. You waiting for me to say something else or something? Blah, 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 blah. Amen. Moving on. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Questionable to Return Sports Podcast. Send us your questions, read more about us, and more on our website, 
questionabletoreturn.com. Follow us on Twitter at Q2Return and Instagram at questionabletoreturn. You can also like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash questionabletoreturn. Follow each of the guys on Twitter. For Andy, at Andy, the number nine, M-A-N. Mike, at Mike R. Daly. And Pete, at P, Cozy with a K, Junior, J-R. Please consider leaving us a five-star review as well as sharing us with someone you know. 